the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Week is produced and distributed through a partnership with AV Nation and Rave Publications. For more information, go to ravepubs.com forward slash AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 39, recorded Friday, April 27th, 2012. Technical difficulties. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. It is time for AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Tim Albright, your host. With us this week is a motley crew. Uh, I thought about calling you guys the three amigos. So I was just... thinking more like the shiners. We all got pretty shiny heads. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the, yeah. the aesthetically pleasing cranial shape. Brain. A three-pack of Mr. <laughs> Clean. I have a three-pack of Mr. Clean. So uh, <laughs> first up... My... My brain hurts. I'm trying to think of what the acronym for that was there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you go ahead and think of that. You know, as long as it's clean, you it's can like keep it. It's like you in high math. Wait, square the radius, module the remainder. Wait, what? That's why we have graphing calculators. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kevin Iselli, he's the uh, he's our token Crestron guy. He, uh, he's, <laughs> <laughs> wow. He's, uh, I should have said our, our token manufacturer for the week. Uh, he works for Crestron. He is their DM guy. If you get trained in DM in any way, shape, or form, most likely you're going to have him. Uh, he's also a wow. a a, a, um, a uh, part-time stand-up comedian. So when you're at the DM training, please tip him well. How are you, sir? Not too far. I fall over. <laughs> yes, not too far. He might fall over. Good Lord. How are you? I'm great, and the veal is fabulous. <laughs> the veal is fabulous. <laughs> tip you well. Yeah. Uh, the Shecky Green uh, graduate over there is George Tucker. He is from World Stage as our engineering coordinator, and uh, he's also a fabulous producer for this very network. How are you, sir? George, did you already drop off? He did. Lord. All right, we'll get George back up, and uh, then we'll, we'll, talk to, uh, we'll talk to him in a second. But the other guy on the other side of the country is Mr. Rich Fergoza. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Rounding out the uh, Chico and the Man uh, oh, comedy section yes. <laughs> from the West Coast, right? From bringing the, my brown flavor. Well, I yeah, you know, I liked Chico and the Man. So <laughs> that's only for people that are like over thirty-five or forty. So, uh, great show. huh? Great show. It was. It was. Uh, today we're going to talk about TiVo and whether or not it's time for them to hang up their remote control and DVR, or maybe sell it to somebody. I don't know. Uh, Netflix and them getting some new subscribers. Uh, a really cool TV from uh, <laughs> that's cost $3,000 that I think is cool. And Skype, because we like Skype. We love Skype. We use Skype uh, on a daily basis here. But first, we're going to talk about Crestron because <laughs> we haven't oh, talked boy. about Crestron enough. Uh, I'm going to segue right into that, show. huh? Um, and it's not, it's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing from my point of view as an end use, but it's not a bad thing. Uh, you guys are are, uh, are sunsetting, let's say, because we're talking about digital and analog stuff. You're sunsetting the cash for trash. 
Yes. Um, happening in June, I believe. That's correct, June 30th. So basically, and this is something you started, I want to say in August, is that right? Uh, approximately, yeah. We had worked out some informal version of the uh, trade-in program, and then it went completely public. And uh, unfortunately, all good things will come to an end. Uh, June 30th is the end of the Cash for Trash or the digital trade-in uh, program. I like to bring out your dead, but that's just me. I know. That was great, wasn't it? You, should have, you, guys, you guys should have done something with that. that, that I wanted like, to circle the booth was, with uh, you know, a wheelbarrow full of old analog switchers. Beta uh, decks. You know. Yep. VHS All that cool stuff. So yeah, I mean it's it's not really something that I wanted to I mean I'm not going to slam you for it cuz you gave people something for almost a year just more than more or less just say, you know, hey, here's here's this thing that was happening and it's not happening <laughs> after basically after Infocom. Yeah, I was actually um when we put the information up on the website, I was I was pretty shocked at the value that we were giving back for Systems, because the first thing that went through my mind was, how am I going to feed my kids? Right, um, that's a little insane of the amount of money we were giving back on analog. But you did, though. I mean, that was the thing. And we that, did, it, yeah. And it also helped you guys. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about something. Um, I want to say it was like the fifty thousandth um, DM installation. Yes, that helped. And, and, and I'm not. Saying you know you know one thing or another, but that helped you guys get to that fifty thousandth you know platform because honestly there was a lot of of education places because that's the world I live in that was saying yes we get it we understand you know the world is going to digital, but it's expensive so so you know uh, that gave them an, an incentive and you know maybe somebody who wasn't necessarily considering um, upgrading this year but maybe in three years. That gave them an, an incentive to say, okay, sure, you know, we, we have some of the capital, and with this buyback program, we can now afford it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, you know, um, the official ending is June 30th, but, you know, always talk to your sales guys, of course. Well, I'm, I'm just I, saying, I don't you know? have a sales guy, so. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, Rich, but my old sales guy was Kevin, so. Oh, well, there's a reason why you've uh, moved into education then instead. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Jeez. No, he's okay. I I like Tim. He's he's good comedic value. Oh, jeez. Right. All right. He, he's he's basically you know the the three legged dog that you bring along to show everybody goes oh look you brought Tim again. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I help him sell a lot of systems. Say this is not what to, this is what not to do. <laughs> see this guy over there. All right, we're going to talk about. Um, all right, I'm just going to say this, and and I you can yell at me. You guys can yell at me if you want. This is the worst HD product ever created. Actually, I say the world the world's most useless product, HD product. And I have nothing against Aurora, <laughs> but that's who made it. Uh, it is a, an Aurora 3G to HDMI converter, um, and this is why it's the world's most useless HD product ever. It, it converts from, as it says, um, 3G SDI to HDMI, and then back from HDMI to 3G SDI. Uh, it, it supports audio, de-embedding, and, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, the one thing that is conspicuously missing from this is HDCP, 
which is why I say it's the most useless HD product ever. Uh, Kevin, is there any place in the world for a product that does not support HDCP at this point in the game? Well, you also got to remember its platform, what it's addressing. It's addressing a lot of a broadcast or pro uh, audio video products. Uh, you know, your your higher end uh, Sony's and Panasonic's, where the cameras and the HD cameras still use an SDI platform. This is a perfect box, actually. So I was going to debate you because we actually oh, also on, on. Crestron makes what's called the DMCI that you could put a DMC DVI card in, and it does the same thing. Though it's multi-platform, right? You can convert SDI, HDSDI, or 3G SDI into HDMI. You're, you're correct. It will not, because of it being an SDI platform, it will not support HDCP. However, um, hello. Hey, George. Hey. <laughs> well, that was uh, fun. <laughs> we, we continued without you. Uh, I expected so. It's like most parties that George goes to. <laughs> nice. I am not Mary Tyler Moore. Just think of George just came back from the bathroom. So okay. we were talking hey, about uh, <laughs> the conversion factor, though, Tim, is actually very, um, very beneficial. Um, you, I've actually seen a number of systems where, you know, that HD camera that they want to get in for distribution is an SDI interface. And, you know, you, you have a somewhat of a difficulty to make that transition into HDMI if, you're, if your um, infrastructure is HDMI. So... Though you said it was the most useless product, uh, I've seen many, many, many of them used. Okay, so I've been thoroughly thumped. Uh, <laughs> Rich, is this is this useful? I mean, you're you're mostly residential, um, and so I don't. I could be wrong. That you probably don't run into a lot of instances for the only thing that I can think of is somebody called them and said, uh, "We got a problem," <laughs> and. They went, uh, um, well, I guess we'll make a box for it. I mean, typically that's how boxes like this wind up getting made. Uh, you know, I mean, if you look at any of the other manufacturers who have, you know, adapters or extenders or anything else. Um, have I ever had an application? I, I couldn't I, I couldn't tell you if a device was uh, had 3G SDI on it, much less whether I'd need an interface box for it. I, I, I would have been the chimp with, like, with the stick, you know, putting it in the anthill going, oh, look, 3G SDI, you know? I mean, it was, yeah, I, it just doesn't hit, does not hit my pay grade at all. Um, but it's cool, I guess. Uh, you know, I mean, if, if I ever found somebody who wanted to, you know, put a broadcast camera in their home, I guess this would be one way to do it. Yeah, George, my, if, if Michael Drainer he, was here, he would be up and down with me on this because he loves... Did you just call him George Michael Drainer? I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> I do that all the time. Um, I'm just going to refer to both of them as Wham in general. Yes. Um, Wham AV. Wham, Wham AV. Um, it, Michael loves 3G SDI. He comes from a, from a broadcast background. He loves SDI. Loves it, loves it, loves it. Uh, much more than, than than HDMI, and and you live in a world where both of them have to coexist. So I guess for yes. you and your stuff, I get that. But still, it doesn't support in any way, shape, or form HDCP. And then that's that's why I say that it's useless. I understand what Kevin's saying, but is this you know is is this something that is at least somewhat useful to you, even though it doesn't support content production? Yeah, but uh, well, if I may, just for a second, uh, Tim, you got to remember you, you what are the like devices Kevin. that you sound like uh, Kevin all of a sudden. <laughs> Stop it! Um, you got to remember what are the devices that cold. have this output? They're cameras. 
Uh, yeah. Content protection on a camera. No, 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 but you also have you have beta decks that have SDI, uh, SDI. You have all sorts of other content playback devices that have SDI. Yes. Again, that beta deck is designed to be the recording station or part of it. All right. It's it's a good widget for uh, for what it's doing. Okay. Like I said, they're not the only ones that make it, right? There's there's many of them out there, even ours. Don't don't make me pull this car over, you two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyways, George, your your thoughts? So the answer is yes. Divide <laughs> <laughs> by pie. What? I agree with Sirius. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, you I concur. Mean, I concur. Um, there is something to be said. For I mean, this how do you spell concur? I'm playing words with friends. How do you? <laughs> words with friends is biased. Oh, it's, it is. Go ahead, George. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. I uh, know that's fine. Um, fine. I'm your Rubbermaid baby. You can. I can take it all, huh? Um, I, there is a purpose for this in what we do. It is with the cameras. It is with some content that doesn't have protection. Um, and it we use something similar from other companies quite often. So it is out there. Broadcast does not just mean the studio. It means <clears throat> broadcast quality remote type trucks that aren't really sending the stuff off air. It's a production truck, and it doesn't need that stuff, and they don't even involve it. That's all in the processing on the final end when they put out a disc or a, a product to be acquired. So we use it live, that kind of conversion all the time. Well, I guess in the end, wouldn't it be a matter of if it's an affordable converter as opposed to, you know, they announce us and they say, yeah, for, you know, seven gajillion dollars or something. You know? Exactly. I mean, it, exactly. It's a nice little box for a nice price that does the job that we still need to, to do right now. Hey, that's a nice segue into our next topic, <laughs> because uh, Gary Kay and I do a daily show and he, and he brought this product up the other day. It's from Christie, and it allows you to as an integrator. To get your foot in the door into movie houses, into exhibition houses. And and for that, I, I think it's cool because it allows you to start a conversation with these guys that probably, no, on, for most of, the, most of the time, you don't have anything really to offer them because, you know, let's let's face it, the projectors they're buying and the screens they're buying are, are really, really high. And you're talking several hundred thousand dollars. And, and the device is called an SKA-3D and it allows you to interface. It takes, you know, composite. It takes... Um, uh, DVI, VGA, and allows you to convert it in such a way that it can be shown on these big screens at movie theaters. You can you can interface with a professional level uh, movie theater uh, projector, but it's ten thousand dollars. That to me is expensive. It's an expensive widget. Um, but George, one thing I thought of was I immediately thought of you and World Stage and, and, and the live stuff you guys do. Um, is this? Just kind of like the Aurora thing, just it's it's a widget, and it serves a purpose. Or does it really give these guys, you know, integrators like um, like uh, Rich or other integrators, a foot in the door to a market that they really haven't had um, an opportunity to get into yet? Well, I think it's both. I mean, um, there is, I think, some opportunity for the integrators. I mean, look, how much is a Kaleidoscape box? I mean, how much is some of those really high end? You know, digital processors that we install, they're not far off from that stuff, right? Um, and what it does is pretty darn cool. Although I have to say, with Gary saying, did I read the number right on that article? 1,400 or 14,000, does it say? 14,000 uh, movie theaters. theaters. Still, that's a very, very limited market. Uh, I guess if they sell 14,000 of them, it's going to be great. Yeah. But 
I mean, what's what's your normal, you know, Kevin, what you can answer this. What's your normal ratio of there is a market of one million people. We made this product. How many do we expect to sell it to? I like 50 percent. So there's right, 7,000. So, no, no, no. I like 50 percent of one million people, not uh, 50 percent. <laughs> right, but we're talking 14,000. You know, you got to I mean, have all of them and then sell them to their friends who don't really need them. Oh, Forty thousand. Okay, maybe. so wait, wait a minute for a second. I, I I understand where you're going now with this, but a lot of movie theaters nowadays, the fourteen. I'm not sure what percentage of the fourteen thousand this is, are more than one screen. You're going to sell if, if you get in the door and if you sell this, you're going to sell more than one of them, aren't you? It's a fair point. It's a fair point. Um, I could also see it being put in really really high end home theaters, although I think those are fewer than we think. So I don't know if you heard that. Yeah, that was, that was that was a cameo. That a was cameo an idea. That was an idea. George, you working high steel today? Yeah, basically. Hot rivets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you might hear more of that. It's just uh, I'm trying to mute it in between them doing their oh, stuff. Oh, it's all right, man. Um, but yes, I think it's a neat little product. Although I got to tell you, beyond you know a year or two of selling it, I don't know where it's going. It's just a nice little hot product, though. Hot product. Sorry, it reminds me of who is that? Jim Gaffigan in Hot Pockets. Jim Gaffigan, yeah. So, all right, uh, Mr. Vergoza, he mentioned uh, high end theaters. That makes me think of you. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the first thing that I thought of when I saw it is that, you know, you know, is, is, is an integrator, you know, going to go out and start, you know, banging on the door of the multiplex and saying, excuse me, Mr. Multiplex, sir, I'd like to sell you a product. I mean, it's just like, you know, you bring out the briefcase, it's like, let me show you something, you know, it's, <laughs> you know. Throw some dirt um, on the floor, vacuum it up. Yeah, exactly. It slices, it dices, it does 3D. Um, oh, gee. You know, the, the, way, the, the way that I look at it is that, yeah, you know, could there be a market? I mean, it's a niche product. I mean, it's the niche of the niche products that are out there. Um, you know, are there many residences that have Christie, you know, Titans put in? Yeah, there are some. Uh, you know, are, would a pitch be, look, do you truly want a cinema experience? Yeah. Okay, well, if you want 25 feet, 30-foot screen, and, you know, you, you actually have your secret decoder box that we've got everything coming down the line. And as a separate input, you've got your kaleidoscape or your home videos or whatever it is, you know, as a conversion box, you know, fed from a switcher or something. Yeah, I mean, do, do I, you know, what I personally see selling, you know, a, a couple of dozen of these? No, I mean, I could see, I could see personally maybe one or two a year, if that. Um, I, it's just... It, it, again, it's a neat product. I'm sure it fills a niche. Again, at some point, somebody said, hey, why don't we try this? They made a product and said, we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, at that point, it almost makes sense that the only thing that I can think of when I see this is that somewhere down the line in the product line, they're going to wind up turning this into a card that will just slide into their projectors themselves. That's a nice thought. I didn't even think of wow. that. That I could see happening. See, if, if this is basically, you know, the, the, the first run where they work out the kinks and they do an outboard box and, you know, they, they just, I mean, this is winds up being their prototype as the entry. And then three or four years down the line, they appear at now, all of a sudden you have, you, you could basically sell an engine and then go card beige case with Christie to say, you want HDMI, you want cinema, here you go. That's where I see it going. If I were, you know, managing the product, I, I would, view this as just kind of the first salvo in finding a way to get it down to the board level. 
Yeah, well, I, I was going to say, um, Richard, they they did that with Sony and the SXRD, their first uh, their first run, where you know that big Canon, yeah, uh, also designed for digital cinema, and that had you know board placement as to what type of interface you wanted. I don't know what they've done with it since then, but yeah, it was a very slick idea to give you a lot of compatibilities to the other formats. Yeah, but again, it's you know at that point you know it, you just said it. You, you said the four letters S O N Y Sony. I mean, it's like they sell them <laughs> these on. days anyway. It's like you know they might as well put a PlayStation on the back of that projector as well as a way to get you know get rid of them. Um, it, oh, it, that would have <laughs> been cool. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just see as in terms of the model of what Christie's doing because we we are doing we're doing more and more Christie in residential applications. Because so much of that technology is now starting to filter and trickle down, you know, like I said, just during the course of the conversation, I mean, if it was a card that we could drop into a Titan or, you know, a CP, what is it, 2200 or something, and we go, yeah, 21,000 lumens, and <laughs> you can have anything that you want inside this thing. Yeah. And, that, and you connect your iPad to it. Oh, what's hey, iPad Hey, control? don't, don't <laughs> tempt me. <laughs> I have Justin Bieber on my iPad. Don't make me use it. Uh, Sorry. So. Unfortunately, right. we can't disconnect him, can we? Yeah, I know. We, we, can, we can't hang up. It would just be me talking to myself for an hour, so nobody wants to listen to that, not even my wife. All right. <laughs> You're listening to AV Week. Thank you for listening still. Uh, with Kevin Iselli, um, George Tucker, and Rich Fergoza, my torturers and tempters. So, All right, from... <laughs> CNET, why women prefer online meetings. As a caveat, there are no women on this call. And a woman did not write this article. So why are we talking about this? This seems awfully dangerous to me, guys. Um, It's uh, from a gentleman by the name of Chris. Yeah, Chris. (laughs) I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. Uh, Matizic? Matizic? Anybody? Nobody? No, got nothing. Okay. Right. Uh, no. <laughs> Hang on. We're, you're, you're actually seeing a nice increase in uh, your online or your, let's say, video conferencing uh, solutions uh, as, you know, it seems a little bit more efficient. So when I read the article, there was a lot of truth to it. Uh, you get a little bit more efficiency. Uh, you don't have, um, you know, groups from across the continent trying to get together in a conference room and, uh, you know, you you want a good four hour meeting, and it ends up being actually only twenty minutes because it's very um, unproductive of everybody sitting down doing their two three things at a time. So, I, I just I, I see this as as the if you will from a woman's perspective, they they don't need time to go to the bar, or you know they're not interested to do that. They just want to get the job done. So you know, yeah, I get it. I've been involved in those meetings before. Well, the one thing I found interesting was the most. Um, thing that they that they responded on was the fact that online meetings were less nerve wracking, um, saying that they were less distracted and things of that nature. That was the one thing that and and you're right. It, it's it's you know you you get down to it and then everybody gets you know disconnects and and goes on their way. So, well, you know, I mean, I think this also has something to do with that. Larger numbers of women are entering the, the the workforce. In fact, they're starting to overtake men in getting jobs in this recovery that's hopefully supposedly happening. Um, 
And a large majority of those women are mothers who don't want to waste their time traveling from, you know, meeting room to meeting room. And if you can do it from your desk or do it from your home office and you can simply do that and move on and not have to worry about all of this machinations and scheduling, it does work out. I know that when I was I did a short stint as a stay at home dad and when I was doing some of that, these meetings really did kind of work. I did everything on Skype everything through teleconferencing because it gave me the ability to slice my time up very definitively and then move on to the next thing without having to worry about the commute next, you know, going this way or that way. Yeah. And Rich, you use, I mean, I know that you use video conferencing a lot because you're not in a different city every day, but sometimes you, you pop around and do, you know, a stint for a couple of days uh, in a different city. Um, is this, you know, do you concur with this saying, you know, that it is a lot more productive and a lot more, efficient with your with your time uh yeah i i you know again it's the pre high-speed bandwidth days you know i mean it's true you, you know you jump on a plane you fly out you you get your rental car you go to a meeting for an hour or two or whatever it is for hands-on and you flip around and you know from a productivity standpoint and just the costs as yeah. well um you know the the interesting thing, you know, again, is that they're talking about the meeting, but, you know, it, it, are they talking about collaborative within a group? Are you all still in the same building? Are you outside of the building? I mean, there wasn't enough detail, I thought, in this article. It just said women like this more than men. Well, okay, but in what but context? Why? Yeah, in what context? That's what I felt was missing is it was a really, really broad brush, which basically said – Women like this more because men drink and go to bars and strip clubs and then go to meetings is kind of what I took out of this article. Well, that's yeah, true. Yeah, that was actually stated that way, kind yeah, of. It was, yeah, kind it was. Of, yeah. It was very strange. Although the, all of us agreeing that teleconferencing is sort of very efficient, uh, are we now saying that we're in touch with our feminine side? Uh, well, you know, I, I'm a West Coast fellow, so, you know, I'm... I'm, yes. I'm, I'm <laughs> I think the fact that they used the word fellow... I don't even know. Well, I don't know if that's going to endear us to the wave, uh, our, our fellow wave. Uh, that's podcasters. why I said the caveat: none of us are women. The article wasn't written by a woman. Woman, why yeah. are we talking about it? Because it's just going to get us in trouble. Yeah, I don't think. I, you know, I'm glad that the discussion is there. I mean, I will say that at least it's a way of saying, look, there's it, at least it's a discussion. You know, I mean, again, obviously, especially in technology, we we all know for a fact that you know we're trying to find ways to promote you know more women in the workplace and. If there's information that, you know, you can hand to, you know, part of the executive team who says, look, if you're going to handle meetings, let's find a way that's collaborative that works for everybody. And, and again, it, it all goes back down to finding what works. And this is also, you know, slightly a sales pitch from TeamViewer as yeah. well, saying, oh, yeah. you know, we're what works. Um, uh, okay, so so let's move this discussion further into in some other articles. Um, from The Verge, Microsoft is, they, they purchased Skype. We like Skype. We use Skype again. Um, but they're developing it for the 360. I mean, is this whole Skype is everywhere and and not anything against LifeSize or Cisco or anybody else, but this is the most ubiquitous, it's still free um, service that is, I mean, it is video conference. You know, Oprah, lover or hater, she put Skype kind of on the map for all of these people who had probably never heard of it before. And so now Microsoft is putting it everywhere, including the 360. I mean, I, I put on the show notes, you know, Skype via Connect. I don't know if it's going to be able to be controlled via Connect, but it will at least be able to go through your 360. So now it's everywhere, you know. Uh, you, you know, that. again, it's like – But again, you're, we're talking about the – you know, 
the whole console, the video game console, is that thing going to even be around in the next couple of years? I mean, it just, it feels to me, it's like, yeah, we threw it on there. You know, why not? You know, we've got video, we've got music, we've got, you know, every other service. It's like, I had my 360 die last winter, you know, and so I went out and got another one with Connect because I thought it'd be fun for the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they play Connect. If, do I use it as a home media center point, you know, to do all of this stuff? No, you know, I played with the apps. I downloaded them. I went, oh, well, I've already got a device that does that. Oh, I've already got a device that does that. Oh, I've already got a device of that. I mean, I've got, I've got an iPad and an iPhone and a, and a MacBook that already have Skype on it. Yeah. To put it on my Xbox, it, I, I, you know, I, I don't necessarily see it at that point because chances are a lot of these displays have them built in in the first place. So it's, it just seemed weird. You know. Well, I don't know I'm, about that. I mean, the the Xbox thing with Connect seems like a natural addition to me. Like, finally, we're gonna have video calls in a home, like Disney promised us oh so long ago. And is not sort of the Connect and the Xbox an entry level device for that? I mean, look, a lot of people were saying that the the Playstations were your Blu-ray entry point, the Trojan horse to get Blu-ray into the home, so that people would buy them and use them, and that might have happened. And in some respect, it still did. So is that not? possible that xbox and connect could do that for their skype acquisition and say now you can have your home it's not home conferencing it's home video phones and talk to grandma and grandpa maybe not for our grandparents generation but maybe for our kids talking to us we'll be used to it they're going to be naturally in this stream of product line uh, i think where we're going to see the success of the death of this is how they wind up iterating it in their next version of their os I, I mean that that's really going to determine how much this you know goes away from their current roadmap. I mean, if they can find a way to get it into their phones, if that ever gets traction, and they can find a way to streamline the process again, FaceTime. You know, it's 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 a small segment, but that thing is brain dead simple to use. It, it, it is, and not that Skype is hard to use. I mean, it's it's it. I got I have you guys in Skype IDs. I hit call it calls you you know uh, same thing with, with facetime it's not it's not brain surgery by any stretch of the imagination so i don't know yeah but uh we actually um i and i can't of course uh, tell the client but we're, we're seeing a lot of uh xboxes being deployed into systems now uh as source devices as you know a a means of getting content uh, so putting Skype on it, absolutely. I, I can see that definitely as a benefit. Okay, so let me ask this. I, I've, I've, I've got a, I have an Apple TV, and I've got an Xbox 360. I, I like the Apple TV. It has a lot of, of neat uh, apps and stuff like that. But the more I dig into the 360, the more I really like it, and, and the more I use it as my primary source of of video and just content in general. Yes, it's it's what I play my games on. Yes, it's what the kids play their games on. But it's also got, you know, the Major League Baseball, um, I don't remember what the service is called, but where you can watch games live and, and watch replays and highlights and stuff like that. It has Netflix. It has um, a whole bunch of other video. I think it has Hulu Plus on it. It has all these other internet-based things that every other device in the world has. But I also play my games on it too, so it it, it kind of it, it's the convergence of a Roku and a Apple TV, and oh yeah, I can play games on it too. So why do I need to change the input on my TV? Does that make sense? 
But sure, what Tim. if it's already on the TV? That's, I mean, again, is that everybody's doing these bundled apps on the displays now. And again, and let's not, you know, again, the rumor mill being the rumor mill, you got to figure that Microsoft is looking and going, okay, what if Apple sells that, if they really do sell that TV, yeah. you know? A lot of these moves, I, you know, you kind of see the way that they're putting out these press releases is saying, okay, there's an 800-pound in the gorilla in the room that we're not going to talk about just yet, but we want to keep pushing this stuff out here just in case. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, and that's true. That's true. You know, they're, they're trying to head that off before <laughs> before the gorilla gets to the room. So. Yeah. Uh, something I saw at Infocom last year and talked with a lot of education guys about, and that's blue jeans and not the you know pair I'm wearing, um, but it's a company that allows you to integrate – disparate versions of video conferencing. And I guess this is the video conferencing show because um, it takes Skype and Google and um, Cisco and Polycom and lets you kind of do them all together, sort of. Um, it's it's a little expensive uh, to me. It's 300 bucks a month uh, per, per instance. Um, but still, as education guys and actually as... As uh, as corporations and stuff like that, you have, let's say you have a Cisco system, or you have a Polycom system in the boardroom, or you have a a Polycom system in the classroom. But you have this guy who is, you know, a researcher in you know in, in the jungle somewhere, or in in you know down in in the in on on the ocean somewhere, and he doesn't have a Polycom system, probably because of cost or because of infrastructure or whatever. He has an iPad with FaceTime, or he has a laptop with Skype. How do you get him integrated into your system? Well, usually you would do some sort of, you know, you have a dedicated PC or you have a dedicated Mac and, and stuff like this. These guys kind of throw it all together and say, here you go. All of these guys can talk to each other. So now we could do Skype and bring somebody in who has a Cisco video conferencing system um, with using this, this third party. Um, George, is this something that is needed? Do you think, or do you think eventually this company may get pushed out because these companies are going to do it themselves uh, because they see the fact that they need to play nice together? Well, I definitely think that they're looking to be bought. Uh, that's what it sounds like from some of the videos I watched and how the guy was talking. You know, you start to get the, uh, the, the feel for people, you know, who are saying, this is a great product and here's our revolutionary idea. And, you know, behind it is buy me, make an offer. <laughs> Um, because I think it is a pretty cool tool for what they're asking to do. Um, although I'm not sure, yeah, 300 bucks, you know, per instance per month. I think you said, yeah, yikes, you know. I mean, that's for corporations only. But I mean, I could see that as something like, hey, download this and we'll we'll do your tech support for you. Show me what you're doing. I mean, that could be kind of a cool version of it, right? Yeah. Connect to any conferencing system so that the tech can look at your high profile thing over in whatever remote location it is. And be able to work with you, um, yeah, you know. But uh, to you, it wasn't. I the first blue jean thought I had was uh, David Bowie. That's going back, right? Wow, yeah, wow, yeah. Well, you, you you three just grew your hair back, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> nice. Kevin, is this? Uh, you you deal, you used to deal with a lot of education. Uh, you still you know uh, bounce around and, and meet people from time to time. Uh, is this, you know, something you can see happening in the education or the corporate world, or like like George said, are these guys just 
just kind of waiting to to get gobbled up by somebody and having their they're they're really cool you know uh, software kind of integrated well conceptually again it's it's kind of a sound idea um but you know you're you are let's say infringing on the mentality of what we like to call plug and pray right you're asking everybody to come into the same sandbox and play nicely um that's going to be challenging and, progr- and problematic in its in its core. And I got the same feeling that George did. It it was like, hey, check out the shiny new car. Want to buy it? Want to buy it? Want to buy it? Give you a good deal, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, as for I, the I got standards, same... dude. Come on, they can't even do it on HDMI with the uh, the TV control, the CC. CEC. CEC yeah, yeah, well, you know, and, and, yeah. and Tim can finish this sentence for me. Jeez. The best thing about a standard is there's so many to choose from. <laughs> exactly right. So, um, again, it it was very conceptually sound i do like the concept because how many times do you want to you know getting you're getting your video conference bridge is, is set up so that it can do the same thing is very costly of course and um even those you, you know have very um limited support from let's say the life size to polycom to tamberg and try to get all three of those platforms and skype all in and working is is a headache and you know at its best um, so, you know, can it be call base? Sure. I'd love the monthly charge. I mean, because only in three years you're going <laughs> to, I don't know, what, start over? I guess. Um, I wasn't sure about the, the whole cost savings based on three years of ownership. Yeah, I wasn't sure how that all worked out either. Yeah. So, and and again, bucks a port. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the weird thing about it, too, is that, I mean, you know, they keep talking about, you know, their, the liberal use of the word cloud. They're really not. They're just remoting the, <laughs> the servers at that point. And, and, again, all it takes is for the first time for their servers to crash. Um, it, you know, again, the concept, it's a great idea in theory. But, you know, you have to think about the backplane and what are they using for it. And I just that's, – that's a whole lot of faith you're putting in a company. Um, at that point, and like you guys were talking about before, it's like, what's the tech support like? What what happens when you get that first hiccup? Who's the one who's servicing it? And at three hundred dollars a pop, you know, I want a guy running out there saying, "Here, sir, click this button for me." Um, you know, it, it it almost reminded me a little bit of the um, kind of the original security sales. It's like, here you go, here's the license. Don't pay for anything, and you just keep churning them out. But how many licenses do they need to sell per pop in order to? You know, kind of fund exactly what they're talking about. It's like you guys were saying. It's like, hey, you know, well, you know, we'll get there eventually. Can you buy six more licenses so we can buy another server? So, <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Thanks. <laughs> that would be awesome. You know, Spend I kind of have the same feeling sniffing. there. Yeah. yeah. Your sniffing. Do, do you remember Trillion, the IM, universal IM application? Still use them, yeah. Yeah, still wow. using it. It sounds a little bit to me like a like you know like a version of that trillion. Now, when trillion goes away, and I can't talk, I am. It's not terrible, but if a video conference goes down, yeah, you know, it's a lot more impactual. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm and I'm still just doe-eyed enough to believe that everybody can play nice together eventually. So, yeah, you keep believing that, Seth. <laughs> All right, it, well, I got it's a also like, is yeah, it the really? Brooklyn or the Queens? Because I already own the two, Queens. Two for one deal. All right. We can get you to Australia, back to Germany, one, one bridge. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> uh, it was seven years ago today. I'm not going to sing. Uh, YouTube is seven years old. 
Yay! Um, one thing about this, and, and uh, actually we did a story last week where uh, where a bunch of movie studios are releasing a bunch of their movies on uh, on YouTube and other places and stuff like that. Um, we've talked an awful lot about online video on this show, and we're the, the, we're kind of going to cover a couple different ones here. Um, but George, this is one of the most disruptive, I think, not revolutions, but one of the most dis- disruptive companies, the most dis- disruptive websites uh, 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 from the internet, because it allowed us as consumers to say, okay, hey, here's something I don't have to pay for. I can consume, you know, cats or, or you know, guys getting hit in the head or, or other sorts of, of funny videos. And now they have all their different channels. My favorite one right now is Geek and Sundry because I'm a geek. Um, but it is it it is dis- disruptive. How important is the fact that they've made it seven years? You know, yes, they got bought by Google, but they still have lasted through all of the legal battles and everything. Well, I think it's it, it's huge. Um, one, because they got through the legal battles in a way that was not so disruptive. How did they settle it? Well, most of them were settled by saying, hey, if we recognize your content and you say to take it down, we will. But most of them say, hey, we recognize your content. Put a link to our, where the people can buy it now. So me as a video person, I don't get any money for it, but they all share in the revenue. That's a brilliant idea. I still feel like I got away with something. They get to make some money. I got away with something. Um, well, come on. No. Oh, I know. And I, I know. And, and Rich, you, you have to have put in more than one system where you know, you've got the ability to bring up, you know, whether it's a TV with a built-in YouTube app or it is a dedicated PC that says, you know what, this is this is the the, the our content PC, I guess, or our content Mac. So people can do stuff like watch YouTube videos. I think we lost him. We lost Rich? Son of a gun, we lost Rich. Well, that's the government for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> the name of the show is going to be Technical Difficulties. No. Uh, agreed. Uh, well, um, but think about it, this. YouTube is as large as it is because um, we have – everyone's trying for their 15 minutes, right? And now – um, gosh, look at uh, how things can go viral so quickly on YouTube, uh, Rebecca Black. Anyways, um, <laughs> she's. But hey, it's Friday, right? It's don't uh, you dare do it. <laughs> okay, Beaver. Um, so you you do have this medium, like, and I agree with you. It's the most. It's probably one of the most destructive or disruptive forces out there. Um, I don't know what you meant by the whole consuming cats thing. I, I'll just no, ignore the that, LOL but. cats. Sure, whatever. Um, so you, you do have this outlet that allows anybody to post anything about anything. And and I think George is right. I mean, now that you have, hey, if this is your video, put a link and make a penny. You know, So it's now a <laughs> revenue generating machine too, which is why it's still up there. I mean, Well, but it, it also opened up things for like Ustream and StickCam and for people to become really familiar with and take uh, advantage of like say Twit, you know the Leo Laporte's channel that doesn't thrive off of YouTube, but it's an adjunct to it. They mm-hmm, store yeah. stuff there. You can go back and review it. It's given birth to what people want to wear. So I want my channel to be able to produce my content. And yet maybe I'm not NBC or even HBO, but dang it, I can do some pretty interesting stuff. And just like the thousand true fans theory, if I get enough fans who want to pay for my content and I'm putting out quality stuff and I have this almost free platform. 
to do it on. This is brilliant because it just generates revenue for the company and revenue for me. Everybody yeah. wins. Do you guys, and we got epic meal time. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys remember the show? Uh, the, okay, so you remember the Truman Show, the, the movie The Truman Show with Jim Carrey. A few around that time was something, and I want to say it was called Ed TV. Um, yes. And it had the same basic concept. You were following someone around. It was a day in the life of X. Wasn't it like Matthew McConaughey yes. or something? Mm-hmm. It was before he had his really nice abs. Um, it was. Wow. <laughs> he Not has nice abs. First, first, he's consuming cats. Now we're it's. All right, you know what? Um, <laughs> it, it and it was. I don't know. It, it seems to me like. Uh, almost like art imitating life or life imitating art because that was before the reality shows and that was before YouTube and everything. And it's like we've almost evolved into that. It's like, you know, all these YouTube guys and, and everybody have come along and said, okay, you know, that was a really cool idea. Let's let's kind of make that happen. So that was Friday. Uh, uh, uh. Wow. What was that? I, I... Sorry. It was... Are we on the? Uh, it, it's really like it's like you really said it. Jo- it's like Tim, George, and Kevin and the Morning Zoo. It's the party <laughs> animals. It's the technical difficulties show. I'm destroying my participation on this show. Right I now. know what happened. This oh, is hell bent highway out. I'm telling you. I, I have yeah, a feeling yeah. we're going to get a lot of bad press on this one. <laughs> you assume that we get any press on these. That's true. <laughs> okay. That's true. All right. Well, for the four well, here's people the, that here's actually here's the thing I, I was curious about, though. Has anyone ever heard of the movie We Live in Public? Uh, only from you. It, it was, okay. Well, it was about a, 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 one of the internet pioneers, Josh Harris, which they did early webcam, early what you were talking about TV version of where these people lived in a, an apartment building they purchased and every single corner of the place was hey, I, think, I, I think I saw that late on Cinemax one night Yeah, it, awesome. it's <laughs> what helped give birth to say you know Anna Cam and Jenny Cam if anyone remembers back then you know early mm-hmm. late and early yeah. uh, 90s um, but those those things really showed that there was a market for this kind of stuff there's dangers inherent in it but it still is there. We want it. We're going to buy it. And YouTube just took advantage of that idea. And now they're growing into live streaming and real channels. So, again, you know, I reiterate, it's going to be something that's of value, and it still will be there 10 years from here. Well, I mean, they, they, they triggered, you know, using a pretty well overused word, but they triggered a paradigm shift. You know, they were the first ones who showed that it could be viable because, again, with broadband and all of a sudden you can post anything you want up there of – your kids growing up or your family or, you know, the, the license channel and everything else, it, it became part of the common lexicon. I mean, you can pretty much ask anybody, um, you know, who has access to any technology what YouTube is, and they can pretty much tell you. Yeah. You know, granted, all they watch is, you know, much like Tim, you know, Laughing Cats videos, but they know what it is. I watch Geek and Sundry. <laughs> That's what well, you know what, though? My, my kids watch the Lego, uh, the stop-motion Lego stuff that people put up. And they want to do it themselves now. So they've got a camera and they're trying to make their own stop motion. I mean, so, the, again, that advantage of these kids are now – this is natural for them to create their own content. Yeah. Well, it, it's also the, the, the new generation version of being forced to, like, sit through the travel log of people showing their 30 hours of their trip to the Grand Canyon. 
yeah. <laughs> you know, where they, they sit you down, they pulled out the old, uh, you know, the old eight millimeter projector. All right, here, here, we, go. here we go. You know, and I, you know, I confess that, you know, my, my wife puts up pretty much every waking moment of my child that she thinks something's cute up there, you know, and it does provide a way to get information, you know, quickly out to a group of, you know, people, you know, or don't know. And it goes from there. I mean, you know, if you think about it, when they talk about things going viral, I mean, even just that phrase came from, uh, you know, people watching that. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Another streaming video source uh, is Netflix. And guess what? They're not dead. Yay. And they're feeling better. Um, last quarter, they got 3 million. No, I'm just going to keep going. They got 3 million new streaming subscribers. Uh, but this time last year, a bunch of us were talking about how they might be dead because of the whole quickster thing and everything. Um, Kevin, is this, is this giving them new life or is this, um, kind of, uh, delaying the inevitable? They're going to die and they're going to go away. Uh, I, I would say it gives them a little bit of new life. I mean, more subscribers mean that you can always do more on the back end, get more content, get better servers, get uh, you know, get, let's say re- refocus, reinvest into your into your product. Um, you know, as a Netflix Netflix subscriber and user, uh, I think the service is great. You know, um, we uh, I've been exposed lately to like Voodoo and some of the other ones, and you know, everyone's got their attempt at it. Um, I think uh, one of my one as I was an early adopter of Netflix, I think one of the the headaches was if only they would have content from this century, <laughs> uh, you know. So I think as their library is growing, it makes things a little bit more user friendly, a little bit more uh, desirable. Yeah. I think we'll always have um, some form of, or I, I think the push is to go away from physical media, right? So. Uh, streaming services or downloadable services or even just, let's say, world search services, hint, hint, uh, is uh, always going to be in the future or in a way to go. Um, Because, again, it goes back to the conversation even the four of us have had before. You know, I want my content. I want it now. Yeah. Right? And and there you go. What better way to have convenience of just logging in and getting it? What is this world search you speak of? Uh, I'm not sure, but I think it's trademarked to a company. It's, it's your company. Just in case. Oh. You know. No. Okay. All right. I'll check it out. I'll All right. You it. should ask somebody for a memo. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Rich, is this um, is this is this a good thing for Netflix? I mean, obviously, it's a good thing for Netflix, but it's a good thing for subscribers and and guys like Kevin who have been subscribers for a long time. They're not going to go anywhere. You know, I'm one of the earliest adopters as well of Netflix, and I'm just last month I finally killed my physical media. Um, subscription and I'm sticking with the streaming version for now but again like you said it's like I'd really like to watch something you know post 1990 um, on the streaming I mean it's it's great for my kids shows and and stuff like that but I mean every time I pull up the search field of something that actually I'd like to watch it's it's not available and what you know where I'm seeing is that you know Netflix. I mean, some of the conversations they have in interviews now is that they keep hinting that they want to try to become almost the equivalent of their own network. You know, or they started their, a couple know, different a shows. Client. Yeah, they yeah. started a couple of shows themselves, like Netflix only shows. Right. Um, you know, but at that point, you know, are they positioning themselves to more? You know, what is it? Um, you know, pay as you eat kind of subscription based services. I mean, we're 
we're starting to see hopefully more of that. I mean, what was one of the um, was one of the articles a couple of weeks ago? They were saying that you know shortly you're going to be looking at you know two hundred dollar a month uh, bills, you know, for for any of your TV services coming through, uh, you know, and up. And I know that I'm finding myself that. I'm consuming media in a different way. Um, you know, one of the things that I didn't think would happen, but it really is happening, is with this new Apple TV. I'm finding that I'm, you know, renting or consuming and and downgrading my other services because now I can actually share my services across my media. And mm-hmm. instead of waiting for a connection, you know, wherever I am, I can actually choose to either stream it or maintain it locally as well. So it's not quite physical media, but you know, it's kind of bridging the, that gap between the two. And I just feel like Netflix is just in the middle of this identity crisis. I mean, they, they obviously want to get away from physical media, but they just constantly shoot themselves in the foot every time they do it. Yeah, that is true. Well, we have a saying uh, about shooting yourself in the foot. It's not a bad thing because either you're going to run out of toes or you're going to run out of bullets. <laughs> Jeez. And then you consume cats. Uh, wow. <laughs> Uh, George uh, Reed Hastings a few years ago said that they would be out of the physical media uh, business by 2020. Um, now, I don't know if he jumped the gun on the Quickster thing or not, but is, like Rich said, you know, they're going to be out, um, but are they still going to have, you know, Johnny Mnemonic on, and that that be the most recent uh, movie they have on Netflix? As long as they have Buckaroo Banzai, I'm fine. Okay. Oh, awesome. Wow. There you go. See, I'm a happy man when that happens. Across Weird the science. Uh, no, but it, it, right. yeah, between that and, and all of the seasons of Quantum Leap, put those two together. Hey, they have oh, the most recent. They have the most recent Doctor Who's. I'm happy. So, but go ahead. I actually just caught a Jennifer Aniston uh, Quantum Leap. I was happened to be home and it was on. And I'm like, that's Je- wow. Look at that. That's really? Jennifer Aniston back way when. Wow. Yes, she was wow. in one about something. Vietnam War one, whatever. Um, but I think where there's like I, this I wacky mix-up and they have to fix. <laughs> Scott Bakula actually is from yeah, St. I Louis. Don't, don't ask me to know the theme. I don't remember the plot. But um, you know what, though? I, I like Netflix. I was sort of against it, but I don't think he's jumping the gun about 2020 because that's a good enough time for this to shake out because we'll get disgusted by all the, you know, the DVDCA kind of people and all this other kind of stuff. That will want it streaming, and then we're going to get upset with the cable company saying, stop charging me an arm and a leg for terrible TV. If I want to watch terrible TV, I want to play a terrible price, meaning cheap. So, <laughs> so you know, I'm going to watch what I'm going to watch. There's going to be enough free stuff that I'll turn to that. And people like Netflix and YouTube will start getting, generating their own content, and will start migrating towards that unless the cable companies and broadcasters smarten up and say yes. And they kind of are with Hulu and the rest. Right. I mean, look, I didn't really use Netflix that often. And we got a Wii and it came with a free trial for Netflix streaming. And my kids love it. And we're hooked. Yeah. So and we watch less and less. I was going to have a cable box up there in the playroom and they don't have a playroom. They have Netflix streaming. Yeah. You, you, you mentioned something and the fact that YouTube and, and stuff like that is is all that's what people are going to be watching. Um, this goes into our, our next story, but it's kind of a weird little pet peeve that I've, I've developed in, in the short time I've had my my iPad. It, there's the study says, and it's from Engadget says that the uh, the actual tablets are the second most popular thing to watch TV on. I agree with that. It's it's a really handy thing to have, and when your wife wants to watch 
whatever it is, cooking shows or, or soap operas or what have you, you can sit over and, and watch Buckaroo Banzai. Um, but here's, here's a weird little pet peeve, and you guys can correct me on this. My iPad is not a freaking mobile device. So YouTube, be quiet, and Hulu, give me a break. It's not a freaking cell phone, is it? Because I keep getting these little sayings that says this video is not approved to be viewed on a mobile device. So you have to go to your laptop and crank it up and go to YouTube and look at it there. But most of them are because there's some of them are connected on 3G or 4G now, supposedly. Or but it's not a cell phone. Uh, George, uh, he bought the cheap one. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still not a cell phone. I don't know. I could be wrong. It might be a cell phone. Well, the so, one thing to consider does... too is, well, I mean, think about it, is that you know part of what we're talking about is is the sales and and the streaming in Northern America. The big thing that they're looking at is, you know, I kind of read between the lines of saying, hey, look, there's about six other continents that people aren't sick of us yet on. So we're, <laughs> we're going to try selling it to them. <laughs> yeah, and our and our buddy poor Matt Scott is cursing all of us because he can't get any of it on anything. He's he's in Canada. Sorry. He's in Canada I, again. That was too easy. That's like that's like saying, you know, he's probably the guy who'll show up for the Extron party at Infocom. Oh jeez! <laughs> I had to get one in. You got one in last week. I didn't mean to. It's almost been an hour, and we haven't given Extron a hard time about not going to Infocom for some weird reason, even though they went to NAB. Um, George. <laughs> Is 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 that are the tablets mobile devices? Should should YouTube and and Hulu be saying, "Hey, you can't do this," or should they, you know, give me a break and let me watch it on 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 my iPad? I really wish there was a way for it to flag whether or not the device had mobile capable technology and then make the decision. I know that doesn't there seem is. like a lot of there is, but it's it's a little more complicated and. Okay, it's hang about, on for a second. It's, no, it's all about copyright protection. I, I, I get that. I get that. But hang on for a second. You are involved in in with with our buddy Michael about you know tracking how many people download this this wonderful piece of of stuff that we do on a weekly basis, right? Yes. And there are some metrics that we can look at. We can look at what the freaking what person who, who, what kind of device they downloaded our our shows on, right? If, uh, pretty much, yes. So if if we can do it, <laughs> as simple minded as we can't as tell we... if it's a iPad three with three G, I don't no, think it no, reports no, no, no. that. It just tells you the operating system. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. So it's an iPad. Yeah, and because so the iPad really has tell. iOS and not like, yeah. You got yeah, all I mean, I worked think up should, for that. Stop that. As- I, okay, I got worked up because just like the article says, the tablet is it, the tablet has become the second most popular thing to watch TV on. That being the case, I would expect YouTube and Hulu and, and these other places to say to loosen some of the reins on devices that are tablets and not cell phones because you know it's it's I don't know. It's easier. There should be a way. It should be a way to say this this technology or this chip is in the, the circuit board. It is engaged. X, Y, Z. Okay, don't do it. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, mobile devices are going to become more and more the at least 50% of the de facto viewability. I mean, this is where I always love uh, Phil Swan, who we hope to have on sometime soon from TV <laughs> Predictions. Eventually always we makes will. The, uh, what? I said eventually we will. 
Yes, uh, makes the uh, makes the announcement all the time that nobody, he swears, nobody wants to watch a content on a small monitor. They just he doesn't get it. And I always say this invokes my Swanee inverse square rule, and that every time he says it, double the number of people want to do it. Uh, so we've got to come to a certain point where they have to let go of this and say people are watching. If you want your content and advertising watched or not, let it go. Yeah. So, all right, I'm done with my first world problem. So um, <laughs> this week, TiVo premiered the Elite DVR. It is uh, it is now the Premier XL4. Yeah. Um. Kevin, I like TiVo. I do. Um, I liked it 10 years ago when it first came out. It was a really great idea. Um, I think it's time for them to go home now, though. Um, it, they're they're getting their lunch eaten by a bunch of different players. So is it time maybe for, I know, maybe a control manufacturer who has a DM system should buy them and integrate them into their DM products. Look, we got enough problems, all right. Um, it's it's that's it's, a great uh, idea. No, I I actually I am contemplating actually getting this version of TiVo only because Why? yeah, absolutely. Because well, because you know, um, let's just say cable provider X with set top box provider B still live in you know the '60s and can't you know it's horrible. Uh, I, I would like something that, you know, I have more control over and I have a better user experience. And uh, this TiVo is definitely looking the direction that I want to at least investigate. Okay. Um, do I think they should go away? No. Because as, uh, as long as there is a way of making this thing um, a better, more intelligent, easier to use interface, more um, – more comfortable interface and still have it use that cable provider or satellite providers um, signals, then I'm all for it. Okay. Uh, Mr. Fergoza, you are our residential uh, uh, residential guy. Wow, that was weird. Our residential residential guy. Um, is, and I'm not saying that I want, I want TiVo to go away. I'm just saying that... that they, That's what I heard. They need to be incorporated into somebody who... I don't know, can do decent business and, and get them more exposure in the market, I guess. Because I, well, from my they, point they of view... They, they originally had that shot. I mean, DirecTV bought Replay TV, which yeah. was, um, you know, the fellow who developed Roku. I mean, that was his company when he started out. Um, and, you know, TiVo, what may help... Because uh, they're they're aggressively marketing in the Bay Area right now because San Francisco is one of the first test markets that the TiVo is going to work with uh, Comcast On Demand. Hmm. Um, that's what they're pushing right now. Uh, you know, in terms of an interface device, I mean, again, it's it's if you you know they're showing at Cedia now their boxes, and we've gone to a couple of road shows where you know they're they're trying to market it into the custom channel. Uh, you know, and then they're based here out in Silicon Valley as well in Sunnyvale, I think. Uh, you know, it just it just seems like it was a. It's been a neat product. I had it, you know. I had Replay. Loved Replay until it was gone. Then I had to switch to TiVo. Loved TiVo enough, but then when Directv kind of brought the iteration of Replay back that I liked, I went back to it again. Um, you know, I'm. It, 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 it's storage at this point, and if they can find a way to 
do a better job of cable than cable does. And again, it means you know all of the technical issues that come with it for an affordable price. They might have some inroads. Uh, you know, I know that a lot of the integrators that I talk to who are in kind of cable-only areas, metropolitan areas, like you know they're in Manhattan, um, love the box. You know, uh, because of the control interface, and they are integrator-friendly in that respect, and yeah. that it will talk back to you, and you know you can control it a variety of ways as opposed to you know again the usual auto magically version of you know uh, you know the Motorola cable boxes or whatever they happen to be. Um, so. You know, again, it, it 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 just seems like it's it's becoming another niche product. And if it's going to remain a niche product, hopefully they can sell enough of them to stay viable. Um, I think in terms of their intellectual property being something valuable to another company, I think that that ship sailed years ago. Really? At this point. I do. I do. I just, again, because there's, what are they going to use it for? Everybody's got their own guide. All of the cable companies, now what they're saying is, We've got our iPad version of the guide, your on-screen version of the guide, or you can go in, onto you know your account on the web page and record a show. What exactly do you need TiVo for now? That's, I mean, you, that's you, valid. You, I mean, you, you know, if your television is your single point of contact for your shows, which was the prior model, okay, but how many people are doing that? Um, you know, I mean, if you if you have a TiVo app for the iPad where it was in conjunction and streaming, you know, for Android or something, uh, okay. Maybe that's where they can go ahead and have some form of you know, smarter logic to, you know, manage the, the unit and, you know, record multiple shows. But at that point, you're spending anywhere from a couple 300 to what I think the top one's like 499 599 something like that. Mm-hmm. And then you're in, ad- in addition to, you know, say you do want – the good stuff on cable, you're at a hundred plus dollars <laughs> a month um, in terms of your services. You, you know, people will look at that and go, "Eh, do I really need that box?" Um, so I don't know. It's it's a cute box. I, I know that I like it, but you know, if there was a way for it to integrate into other services in addition to the cable providers, I'd probably be more excited about it. Um, but it, Gene, you know, kind of this antiquated box where you know prior you know you had to have it connected to another third box and it would change the channels for you and you hoped that it would record you know we'll we'll see i mean the fact that they're kind of hitching their horse to the cable companies always makes me nervous that makes me nervous too just because and and i i've always liked tivo I, i had a direct tv uh version of tivo for a long time until they 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 went back to the replay so I just want to throat punch their little icon. That thing's way too happy for me. Jeez. <laughs> I like the little icon. He's the fun. Little, he's happy. Yeah, he's way too happy for you. you know? All right. Like my... <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> That's all. I'm finished. We have a couple more. This one is exclusively just for Mr. Tucker. Are you there? Yeah, I got to go right after this, though. Okay, Bang & Olufsen's affordable V1 HD TV. Bang & Olufsen? 3170 bucks. Pocket change. Get in line, brother. It's got weighted knobs. What, no 3D? <laughs> I'm sure it has 3D. It probably has 4D. <laughs> it's probably the first, you know, 4K 60-inch TV for $3,000. Here's, no, here's it's my 32 inches. Read the article. I'm sorry, 32 inches and a 40 inch version. 
here's my here's my takeaway from it. The photograph in the article shows it sort of on an alley on the street. Mm-hmm. That's where it'll wind up in about two years. Wow. See, now, I love the I love some Bang and Olsen stuff, but I've never had any really good experience with it ever. And it just that was my first impression when I saw it out in the street. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much movie. where you'll start seeing them. Okay. I, I always loved that that standing six disc spinning discs of death um, CD changer where you never quite now knew if they were going to come cool. flying at all. <laughs> that is pretty cool, though. At least it was art. Okay. Art disguised as a CD player <laughs> or DVD player. I'm sorry. All I right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he he's George Tucker yeah, and he's leaving us for a second. Um, All right, I gotta go. Thank you, boys. He's from Thanks, World George. Stage. Hey, we'll just go ahead and wrap up. Um, he's from World Stage, the engineering coordinator. Uh, check him out at worldstage.com. Rister Rich Fragosa from FragosaDesign.com. FragosaDesign.com. You have anything uh, here recently, sir? Written for anybody? Uh, Want to pimp out your your Twitter handle because I keep screwing it up. Uh, the Twitter handle is at. R Fregosa, R F R E G O S A. And uh, yeah, uh, some news coming up uh, later this summer, but I will say that I will be uh, attending Infocom as a resident guest blogger for uh, Julie Jacobson's CE Pro. So I'm oh, excited cool. about that. So I will be attending in a, uh, I'll bring in my residential flavor to uh, Vegas at Infocom uh, and uh, seeing you, uh, Band of Malcontents, along the way. Arg. All right, uh, and and Mr. Uh, Mr. Kevin Iselli, he has a Twitter handle. It is one of the coolest ones in the world. He just doesn't use it. So <laughs> he's from Crestron. Would you like to uh, to promote anything there, sir? Um, I like. I, I don't know. Well, yeah, sure. Uh, make sure you consume lots of bacon. I don't know. Go Red Wings. Um, <laughs> no, well, no, there. It's over for them uh, as well as many others. Um. <laughs> No, consume. I would say if I would like to promote anything, is, is get involved with your with your industry and remember that everything in the room is technology. Everything is. Everything in the building is technology. Of course, top to bottom. All right, um, Mr. Uh, Rich mentioned Infocom. We will be there as well. Um, Gary mentioned uh, announced it today on our daily show. We'll be doing a ton of podcasts live from Infocom. So. Uh, Come by, check us out. We'll have a little uh, a table set up, a little card table, you know, <laughs> pencils to hand out, and you know, a uh, a reel to reel to record the uh, to record the podcast on. So. And we will have George Tucker recreating scenes from Say Anything for a quarter. <laughs> no, so from Say Anything and and any other you know um, tertiary uh, movie that pops into his brain, so at any given time. Which, which, yeah, we we may we may uh, dress some of the gang up in Time Bandits outfits along that the way. That would be awesome. How long have you been a robber? <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. So, um, thanks for stopping by. Check out the website if you would please. Ravepubs.com forward slash AV Nation. Ravepubs.com forward slash AV Nation. Uh, my name is Tim Albright. If you want to follow me, it is T D Tim David Albright on Twitter. But more importantly. Uh, go to the website. Thank you so much for joining us. It's all the time we have for AV Week. <laughs>